Okay, cool. I'll try not to be funny. Okay, please. Thank you. Oh, that's uh, that's very very good to hear. You're informing your uh, your employees whether they like it or not. They're required to watch Infowars. It's like a part of the job description. Exactly. That someone like Ron DeSantis is willing to sign a, a bill into law using Jews as his scapegoat so he can li limit uh, free speech and political opposition, that just disgusts me. So it's, it's, he just it's should not. know better with some of his outward attacks on Alex Jones that that's a no-go zone. Like, especially the whole Kanye West thing. Alex spent a ton of money to be able to host the Kanye West thing and... You know, Nick's was like, oh, Alex got the call. No, you were just being an he asshole. He needs to engage these 113 million followers that he has on Twitter. Failure to get onto Twitter is a big red flag in my eyes because it's like clear as day, obvious opportunity. Maybe it's because he took the vaccine. I don't know. Maybe it's clogging his job. Uh, I, I completely agree. Trump should be back on Twitter. Uh, it would show... You know, it shows a little bit of hubris that he's not willing to do it and wants to push uh, Truth Social, but I don't, I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever been on Truth Social, if not, like, linked there specifically to see a Trump, you know, post of some sort. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, I, I, I agree. Not even, it's not even about, like, I want Trump back on Twitter. Like, to me, it's not anything to do with, like, whether I support him. It's just, like, that's the smart move. Yeah. He should be back on Twitter. This is an information war. If this it really is a new fangled version of war that we're fighting here, uh, then Trump's the commander. He's the general. He is the, the guy who leads the troops, and armies don't win by fractionalization and everybody you know picking who they want to be the best leader. It's like, we have the leader. The leader is the general. You follow his orders. You do as he says, and uh, your army lives and dies on um, you know his ability, and that's just the way that it is. I mean, that's just the way war works. A lot of and people that did what he said, and they went off and got vaccinated and then said into adult death syndrome. So there's also that. The incel frog yeah. army cult of Nick Fuentes. The incel frog army, army cult. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want any followers of mine to be out there making making babies and getting married and, and exactly. uh, meeting, meeting a nice young woman to uh, enhance their life. So I, I think... Populating the earth with unvaccinated children. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that uh, I saw a bunch of people online saying, uh, oh, dude. I mean, it's so bizarre. It's like 2016 never happened. They're out there going, uh, Trump is not making himself sound good by giving Ron DeSantis a nickname. We need to stop the infighting. And it's like, what the hell, what the hell are you talking about? Do you not remember 2016? Do you not remember him just saying that Ted Cruz's wife looks like a dog and uh, Jeb Bush has to support immigration because his wife is Mexican? I mean, that's why we love Trump because he is sort of, uh, off the cuff and off the rails a little bit. Yeah, Darren Beatty wrote a wrote a hit piece on Stuart Rhodes that uh, really screwed him over. That was uh, totally unfounded and unfair, and he's never apologized for it. So, if he wants to apologize for that, you know, we can. I, I can drop it. He's just standing there, menacingly. I'd like to welcome everybody to a brand new edition of the Adam King Show, episode 44, and we're flying high. We're just coming off of Leo Zagami and Adam Green, and we got, coming off of the American Journal, Harrison Smith, Better Than a Cup of Coffee, your favorite talk show host to wake up to every single morning, coming on to discuss whatever is on his mind. We are joined by the one and only... Harrison Hill Smith from the American Journal. How you doing, Harrison? Welcome to the Adam King Show. I'm doing quite well. Thank you so much for having me on. Good to be here. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's quite the surreal experience because all my employees joke about it. 
that I literally have InfoWars going on every single room in the office, in the TV, in the bedroom. And then literally like a, a, a year into this thing, I got Harrison Hill Smith on my show. And it's kind of like you came out of the TV almost. Oh, that's uh, that's very very good to hear. You're informing your uh, your employees whether they like it or not. They're required to watch Infowars. It's like a part of the job description. They uh, <laughs> they get fired if they uh, lower the volume or turn it off. But I've been waking Whoa. up. I've been waking up to you every single morning for God knows how many years. It's really an honor to have you on the show. I got to say. Well, thank you very much. It's a surreal experience for myself too. You know, I never, I never set out to host a morning show. I just, you know, did what uh, was put in front of me, and here I am. So it's, it's a surreal experience for me to be a, a part of Infowars and to know that there's people that listen to me every single day. It's, it's quite a uh, a burden of responsibility, but I'm, I'm very, very blessed and, and honored to, uh, to have that burden. And you just also had a child. I was fortunate enough to guest host your show when you had uh, when you had your baby. Congratulations! How's uh, the mother doing, and how's the baby doing? Uh, everybody's good. I think it's uh, is it the tenth today or is it the eleventh? It was. Uh, I think it was her. 11th. Is it the eleventh? So yesterday was her uh, three month birthday. So she's wow. she's doing quite well. In fact, she's doing too well. She apparently babies aren't supposed to roll over be able to roll from their back to their face for like at least six months but she's already doing that so we're just, we're having trouble finding uh like swaddles that can contain her she's too strong so it's, it's a good problem to have it is a good problem to have anytime you want to have another kid and have me guest host the american journal you're more than welcome to but i gotta say it was uh because i'm out here in california so you start at uh 6 a.m out here so it's kind of a early morning to uh yeah but I'm up at like 7 by 7 o'clock I'm tuning in. You had a great show today with uh, Matt Baker on the uh, American Freedom Awards. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. It's something I've wanted to see for a long time happen. Like we need our own cultural events that we can come together and celebrate the work that you know, we've all participated in that, you know, um, nobody wants to watch the satanic Oscars anymore. We need to give them something else, different personalities other than the Hollywood approved ones. You don't like uh, people Sam that actually Smith are with, uh, like his... humanity. Nothing yeah. Like Sam, Sam Smith. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there will be no uh, satanic sort of like skits going on. There will be no praising your aborted baby for, for winning the prize. There will be none of the signatures that you're used to with uh, award shows that are run by Hollywood. It'll be nothing but life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It'll be great. They should have just the opposite. There should be like God-fearing skits and like, uh, you know, like just the exact opposite of what it is. But is Matt Baker like the host of it? Is he going to actually host this thing? Rob Dew will be the host of it, it's, uh, but Matt Baker and, and Frank Kavanaugh and a couple other people have really been the, the driving force behind all of this. So he's been, he's been working very, very hard on all of it. So I hope everybody listening to this can support us. Go to uh, AmericanLibertyAwards.com and vote for me. And they can vote for you, too, I guess, while they're there. But the important thing is they vote for me. Man. I think you are. I saw your name on the list today. Oh, no, seriously? Yeah. Wow, man. The Groypers are going to go crazy with that one. What, not voting for you? No, I mean, like, they're the biggest attention I get on the internet. <laughs> I'm just teasing. 
But uh, that's amazing. I, I didn't even know that I was nominated. That's great. I'm going to have to uh, make a campaign about that. I was actually thinking about coming out to Austin to go, come hang out with everybody and, and see it live. It's on August 12th, right? It's on August 12th. It'll be, it'll be a big event. I know a lot of people are going to be here. So slots are filling up fast. So, Act now to make okay, sure. So let me get this straight. So if, if whoever wins gets this like gold, this like uh, this glass statue, I didn't know he was such a glass blower. But He's I'm, a man of many talents, Matt Baker. Yeah. But looking at his dreads, I, I can imagine that he's blown some glass in his day. <laughs> he he has blown some glass. He's uh, extremely talented, and uh, that's what we need in the in the liberty movement. People with their own tangible skills working together to build a better world. That's what it's all about. I agree with you, and I think if there's one thing I resonate so strongly with with Alex is like. It, Alex is always like condemning the infighting and he's always talking about unity and everybody working together towards a common goal. And if we're ever going to de de defeat these, these globalists, we, we have to work together. They, they, they're running the psyops so that we'll be split apart, that we won't work together, that we'll find whatever minutia difference between us to allow that to be enough so that we don't work together. So, and, and you see yeah. it in the presidential election more than anybody. More than anything else. Yeah, I think I think that's why uh, Ron DeSantis is running to a large part. I think that's why the people that are pushing him to run got him into that position. But uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I tend to basically totally avoid any infighting. There's a couple people have very good reasons to uh, not have the best relationship with. But uh, other than them, yeah, we, we need to stop the infighting and you know it's one of the things that the left is really good at there's a lot of things we could kind of learn from the left from uh, one of them is the unity that they show uh, especially in that they don't uh they don't do our job of like ousting their more extreme elements i think you know people can can have sort of extreme views on the right and that's okay you know they the left doesn't disavow their more socialistic and communistic people uh, so we shouldn't you know disavow the more extreme elements of uh our side either even though you know i i agree with it's, that actually i agree with that okay full fold you know I, I i actually don't believe in canceling at all i i especially with like the haters and all the people who do all the nasty stuff it's like let them do it you know let people see who they are and it doesn't have to be our job to fight them and to battle them they they're doing a great a good enough job eliminating themselves from from the equation i i, I can't i only yeah. have i only have the the jew haters in it who 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 caused me trouble but they don't even cause me trouble they don't even realize how much they put me on the map i mean they like don't stop talking about me it's like <laughs> well yeah not it's like yeah, I think uh, mind blown. Like a Jew on Infowars is like a little bit too much for people to handle sometimes. Well, I mean, the, the Infowars has always been a platform for everybody. So you know, uh, we get called Mossad agents by uh, half the people and Nazis by the other half, okay. and because we're just uh, right here in the middle, saying that it really doesn't matter what your race, color, and creed is. You deserve to be unmolested by the globalist powers that be that would rather take all of these. Uh, very uh, beautiful and, and interesting differences between everybody, and they want to just uh, coagulate them all into one homogenous, soulless, gray world. And that's the opposite of 
what it means to be human, what God made the earth for. I mean, our differences is really what makes things exciting. Uh, that being said, you know, there is a, a certain level of Americanism that you have to adhere to because after all, you know, you can, you can't be so tolerant that you're, you know, letting in people that are trying to destroy you and, you know, giving power to people that hold views that are completely outside of, you know, what it means to be an American and, and what liberty means and uh, all these all these great things. So it's it's kind of an interesting balance that you have to strike and that you go, look, we want everybody to be able to be themselves. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you need to roll over and let people who hate you take your country over and uh, subvert it from the inside. So, you know, it's it's as long as you have liberty as the ultimate value, I think we'll be OK. It's almost as if like a freedom of speech allows people or or this concept of like absolute freedom is like the freedom to to hate freedom and the freedom to 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 cast the yoke of freedom off and to to want shackles and enslavement which is a real a real mental disorder. Yeah, and there's there's uh the principle of free speech that sort of gets lost a lot of times like I was I was just thinking about this the other day because there's this story that from a couple years ago, but it gets repeated every once in a while. Where it was like a woman walking down the street in L.A. and she was wearing a swastika armband, which of course symbol of of the Nazis, and uh, no nobody likes that. But then like what happened was she was like surrounded by a group of men who like ripped the clothes off of her and like beat her up, and it's like yeah, you know all, all the media accounts are like yeah, she deserves it. And it's like well. You might be offended at the Nazi symbol. I'm offended by the Nazi strategy of beating up and like ostracizing people that think differently than you. It's, you know, again, it's sort of a weird balance you have to strike where you go. The thing that separates us from the Nazis is that we allow views that aren't popular to be spread. So by ironically shutting down the Nazi, you're really doing the thing that the Nazis do that make them bad. So, you know. You, you gotta, I mean, that's the beauty of free speech and of an open society is that you can have people with extremely unpopular ideas and, and things they want to express. And even if you don't like what they're expressing, you have to appreciate the beauty of a country that gives them that right and gives them that freedom. Yeah, it's almost as if it's like a big psyop to that story with the woman because it's like, it's like, what they wanted to do was like, okay, what is the type of scenario where we could get the public behind public violence and beating what is the when will everybody agree that beating up a woman in public is okay and so like right or or, has an or a nazi armband on and then the whole public is like yeah she deserved it and then it's like okay now we just legitimized uh beating up a woman in public way to go yeah or 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 you know, uh, limiting the First Amendment, you know, s signing things yeah. saying, well, uh, free speech is OK, but hate speech, that's bad. It's like, well, you're that line that you're drawing is completely arbitrary, especially when now the word hate has just completely lost all meaning. And we covered it today. The, the uh, European commissioner was like, the social media companies have to remove hateful content like calling for revolt against the government. So now right. just hate just means opposing them in whatever they want to do. So, you know, you, you really can't draw these lines. Hate speech should absolutely be legal. You should be allowed to say whatever you want to say. And when they I use agree. this word, hate speech is like really like they're 
they believe that hate speech is their their ultimate defense against the first amendment that like as long as it's hate speech they don't get to talk and that's where the, that's where in lies the problem and you men- mentioned something that i'll bring up is when uh, uh uh the fake governor ron DeSantis went to israel out of all places to sign the 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 anti-semitism bill and like scapegoated all the jews and like i mean like first of all i don't understand why the dude couldn't have signed it in florida but to have to have gone to israel to make some sort of like public showing that like he's going to uh you know uh, weak the, the these weak poor defenseless jews you know, Jews are very strong people. We don't need, we're, we're, we're really not bothered when someone, you know, drops a K word on us every once in a while. I mean, it's nasty. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, you know, refer to other people by their racial derogatory terms, but like, it's not, vi- it, it doesn't harm me. It doesn't hurt me. But the fact that, that someone like Ron DeSantis is willing to sign a, a bill into law using Jews as his scapegoat so he can li- limit uh free speech and political opposition that just disgusts me so it's 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 not just like it's not just like the 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 hate speech mongers are on the left we also have them on our own side who are trying to limit us like this ron DeSantis florida anti-semitism bill which is really just uh you know more shilling for the adl and and all their hatred against conservatives yeah, I mean, they've uh, had an extremely effective track record at uh, silencing people and uh, shutting down free speech that they don't like. It's, it is it is shameful. And I know, I mean, it wasn't the first time that Ron Santos has done that exact thing, gone to Israel and, and signed a bill. I know that, uh, you know, again, it was actually a Jewish group in Florida that sued him over it the last time he did it. And they basically said, well, uh, we'll we're going to go to Israel. We are going to do the trip, but we won't do any government business there. So they sort of got around the the um, the lawsuit, but then they went ahead and did it anyway. So, yeah, it's just completely, uh, I think, a flagrant violation of the First Amendment. And, uh, yeah. yeah, not not good for anybody. And Jews, we see right through that, too. That doesn't impress us. You know, that, that, that kind of like over-supplication. It's like... We just feel like we're being set up for something later. You know, it's, mm. you know, the leftist Jews, you know, they, they embrace it because the leftist Jews are just a member of the cult of Baal and they're into their satanic whatever rituals and they just want to shut down free speech for everybody. But discounting them, you know, the Jewish community, especially the Orthodox Jewish community, we see right through that BS, man. And we, and we don't appreciate it. We don't. We we want to be just like everybody else. We don't want special treatment. We don't want any any type of uh, stuff like that. And uh, and it, it was honestly out of everything that Ron DeSantis did, I think that was one of the most disappointing things. Besides running for president and destroying himself, like it was so so upsetting. I mean, this dude could have been president without any question in twenty twenty eight for for eight years. Yeah, for eight years. Yeah, him and had eight years. Him and Trump could have uh, really made a, a powerful duo, a tag team. He could have been vice president, or he could have just remained governor of Florida, and you know been the the stateside backup that uh, Trump needed. But instead, he put his ego in front of you know the good of America, and not just you know he wanted to not wait four years. Well, now you know there is no waiting four years. It's just never going to happen for him. So uh, it's it's a shame to see that happen. But you know his his entire candidacy has been 
pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, from from the rollout on yeah. the Twitter Spaces that just completely failed and was was totally bad, and it really hasn't gotten any better since then. So, yeah. I don't know how long the charade's going to keep going. I guess as long as the money's rolling in, he's going to keep running. But it's uh, sort of pathetic. I don't think he realizes how much he is uh, advancing Laura Loomer's career by running for <laughs> president. She's like. <laughs> Like every single day, she's crushing him. Like I look at her Twitter feed and it's just like day after day. Oh, Ron DeSantis did this corrupt thing and Ron DeSantis did that corrupt thing. And But, you know, it, it really makes me ask questions, Harrison. I want to get your take on this because like inside the Republican Party, there is like this like obvious massive anti, uh, uh, anti-Trump opposition and you see it everywhere, anyone that we elect, any American first representative that we elect that gets put in, like Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or, or anybody that Trump supports, they end up turning on him. Like every single hire he makes, they turn on him. Every single person he endorses, they turn on him. It, it came out that Marjorie Taylor Greene paid for Kanye West for president's, the, the Kanye West for president campaign. I mean, like at what point, first of all, I want to get your takes on Trump. I, I don't know if you're, you know, everybody kind of vacillates these days. I don't think there's such a thing as a Trump loyalist anymore, except for Laura Loomer. But like, I think like with, um, with specifics of the vaccines, that was like a big issue that separated everybody. But my biggest problem with Trump is his hiring and his endorsements. I mean, look at, just look at these three. Mark Meadows was like the leader of the Freedom Caucus taken out of the House of Representatives, and now he's like in speakeasies in Washington, D.C., trying to start a movement because he has nothing going for him anymore. Uh, Rat, uh, Corey Ratcliffe was, D- got, was made to DNI, is now out of the House. And the worst one of all was Devin Nunez. Devin Nunez was leading the Russiagate everything, and now he's not even in the pu- public, sec- public sector. He's in the private sector, as CEO of Truth Social, it's like Trump consistently does things to fight against his own progress. And when you have this entire establishment waiting to leap and pounce on him, you would think he would do a better job with some of his hiring and endorsements, especially Kevin McCarthy. That one's blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest disappointment would have to be Ron DeSantis, considering the fact that he, he really owes his political career to Trump, only to uh, stab him in the back like that. Which, again, that's why Trump came out strong against Ron DeSantis early on, and that was one of the things that uh, I saw a bunch of people online saying, uh, oh, dude. I mean, it's so bizarre. It's like 2016 never happened. They're out there going, uh, Trump is not making himself sound good by giving Ron DeSantis a nickname. We need to stop the infighting. And it's like... What the, hell, what the hell are you talking about? Do you not remember 2016? Do you not remember him just saying that Ted Cruz's wife looks like a dog and uh, yeah. Jeb Bush has to support best, immigration because his wife is Mexican? I mean, that's why we love Trump, because he is sort of uh, off the cuff and off the rails a little bit. Uh, and this is exactly what happened. Trump used his political capital to get Ron DeSantis elected. When time came to return the favor or to somehow back up Trump, I guarantee you he reached out to Ron DeSantis to see if he wanted a vice presidency spot, see how he wanted to contribute to the campaign. And when he got pushed back, when you know what came back was Ron DeSantis going, well, I think we may be taking another route. Uh, Trump realized, okay, this guy's stabbing me in the back now. Time to destroy him. And that he has pretty effectively done that. Uh, I am a Trump loyalist. I know people were vacillating for a while 
I put out a tweet. I was just checking the other day because I was like, when did I put that out? Uh, February, like early February of this year. Because it was the same thing. People vacillating on him. People talking about the vaccine stuff forever. And I just, you know, I just thought you really think it out. You really think about what we've been through for the last five years. You think about where we're going as a country. And it's just like there's no more time for vacillation. There's no more time for not being sure of the Trump train. And so choo-choo, hop on or get run over. That's that's the way it works now and trump changed the political landscape and he will continue to he is a once in a generation once in a century political leader uh, that deserves and has shown that he is worthy of our support and then people come out and go he's not going to save you he's not jesus christ himself and it's like he is a political actor he is somebody that is actually for the american nation and the american people it's not surrendering your will to him. i'm not about to give him my firstborn son you know that's not about to happen so i don't know people get people get confused at like i support this presidential candidate as being i therefore surrender my will to this presidential candidate and will do nothing you know in my own life i just assume that politics will take care of it she's like no you support trump because he deserves it because under his leadership he completely eviscerated so many of the uh, narratives that the establishment runs with, including that they know what's best for the economy. Clearly, when Trump was in office, the economy exploded, did yeah. so much, everybody was doing better. Uh, he proved them all wrong, and that's why they're, they're trying to destroy him. So I am 100% on board with Trump, and nothing that he has ever done or anything I can see him doing in the future will lessen that. In, in terms of the vaccine, because I know you brought that up, I was thinking about that, too, and what Trump should do moving forward. My advice would be or i think the way that he can do this is he doesn't have to reverse himself on the vaccine and, and i've gone over it on my show a whole bunch when you understand the big picture and we it's weird because we were watching it all unfold in real time when it was happening at the time nobody was you know mad at trump for doing what he was doing we all understood exactly what was going on there was this uh you know fear was the virus there are multiple ways to kill america one of them is to actually put out a virus and murder everybody but destroying our economy shutting down our economy and putting people in a state of fear that they're unwilling to even leave their homes that will destroy this country so to defeat that i mean you have all these especially no offense but we have all these boomers out there who terrified by the covid virus would not leave their house until they will not you but uh, you know i i don't throw all boomers into this category but you know, in, in terms of people who still trust the media and were able to be hoodwinked by the media with the COVID narrative, you had a lot of just normal sort of, uh, you know, not elderly, but like middle-aged people that were just terrified of the virus and were not going to go back to work. They were not going to do it until they had the vaccine. Now, that's a consequence of the, the fear propaganda that was put into place. But in order to combat that, you had to have the vaccine just to give them something to make them OK with going back to work again and to getting the economy uh, back on track again. So Trump understood all of that calculus and he understood that this was going to be a positive thing in most people's minds. And he wanted to take credit for that. Now, even if he had done nothing, the vaccine still would have been released, right? There was nothing he could have done to stop the vaccine being released. Even if there was something he could have done, it would not have been politically sound to do that. So it was going to come out anyway. He decided the best tactic here was to take credit for it. So I think what he should do is say, yeah, he doesn't need to reverse himself. He doesn't need to come out and go, actually, the vaccine is terrible and it's bad and it's killing everybody. I know people want him to do that. What I'd want him to do is just say, look, I think the vaccine's wonderful. I think the vaccine was a very good thing, but 
I'm a man of the people. I understand a lot of my supporters have questions about the vaccine. So if I get elected, even though I think the vaccine's good, I will do a full independent investigation of the effects of the vaccines, the, the effectiveness right. and the damaging side effects. That way, you know, if he gets elected president and launches this investigation, put somebody like RFK in, in, at the head of it or, or Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough at the head of it, put somebody who knows what they're doing and, and won't be seduced by the deep state or you know allow their investigation to go off the rails i think if he puts that investigation forward and it shows that as we know to be true the vaccines are incredibly deadly and causing you know mass death across the world then what are people going to say well trump just did this because he hates the vaccine no he loves the vaccine so you know what what it's almost it's almost the best setup for us getting to the truth about the vaccine is having somebody like trump that's for it as long as he's he's willing to to actually start an investigation to get to the bottom of it. And again, he can just say, look, I'm a man of the people and, and the people want this. So I'll give it to him, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. I'll, I'll abide by whatever the results of this investigation are and then launch the investigation. I think that would make a lot of people happy and it, it wouldn't be, you know, him reversing himself or disavowing the, the vaccine that he made because he could come out and go, look, if the people got screwed over, I got screwed. I don't like getting screwed over. So if people think I got screwed over. If the vaccine that I ordered didn't do what it was supposed to, I, I want to know that because I don't want to be screwed over and I don't want the American people to be screwed over. I think that's that would be a. a easy way to handle this for trump uh you wouldn't have to go back on what he said about the vaccine but just to show that he understands the um, how many people are are upset about what's happened with the vaccine yeah he's got to know that people are upset about the vaccine i think that's a really great idea too with the independent commission and i think dr peter mccullough would literally be the only name that would garner that trust especially rfk jr would would probably agree that peter mccullough is the guy to do that but Another thing that he could do is, you know, when they talk about the vaccine, there was many vaccines, you know, so we could be more specific instead of using that singular word, the, we could talk about, you know, he could, he could side, he could, you know, he was very close with Buddy Johnson, the uh, owner of the Johnson and Johnson family. Buddy Johnson was his ambassador to England for crying out loud, you know, so he could lean into Johnson and Johnson and say, you know, like, or Novavax and say, you know, like, these are some of the vaccines I brought. But instead, he does lean towards Pfizer, which is a bit weird in my eyes because Pfizer, first of all, is riddled with, outside of the vaccine stuff, just so much corruption and filth. But one thing that I was so shocked about is he also doesn't take any shots at Mike Pence for anything. And Mike Pence was the head of Operation Warp Speed. So, like, why can't he just dump it on Pence and say, listen, I delegated it to Pence. Pence was really in control of warp speed. Let's let Pence. And then Pence's presidency is over with because now Trump can attack. Trump can get two birds with one stone. He can knock Pence out and he can win back back support from the anti-vax community who's really disappointed with his seeming loyalty to Pfizer. So. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's that's a, a great point. I mean, I th- he, he has sort of uh, talked badly about Mike Pence, but yeah, this would be another thing that you could throw on the uh, Mike Pence fault uh, column. Uh, so many things that that dude, which again is another example of of Trump not not hiring the right person. But again, it's it's not to me evidence of Trump's inability to find the right people. It's the fact that our system is so thoroughly corrupt at this point that 
like there's nobody that you can trust in any of these positions of power. Yeah. So like, what's and Trump to supposed to do? You, I don't know if I'm on the Trump train anymore. I, I vacillate. No? I've, I vacillate. Well, it's not like I'm on any other train, but like I vacillate and it's like, I'll tell you something. My birthday is November 2nd. So the way the Constitution is written is that Election Day falls on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in the month of November. So it can never be November 1st, but it could be November 2nd to November 8th. So my 21st birthday happened to fall on the election of, of John Kerry versus George Bush. And it was like a huge deal because it was my, my birthday. I was able to vote in the election. And I was extremely conflicted because they were both Skull and Bones members. I saw them as the same, the same exact uh, person, only different shades of colors. And I chose to abstain from voting. And so I think that's a, 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 a something that we all have to remember that if you don't believe in the candidate, the third option is to abstention from voting is just as powerful as voting itself, if you, if you don't believe in what's out there. Now, Trump could win. I, I literally, I pray for President Trump every single night that he wins back my support because I'll never forget, I was in the trenches with Trump the moment he came down the escalator at Trump Tower. I was there, I, inauguration, I was very in, involved in the Trump, uh, the Trump White House it seemed like every time he would hire and fire somebody, the person he would rehire would be closer than the person that was there before. You know, and, and by the end, I mean, Mark Meadows and I have been friends since like 2011 or something like that. So when he was White House chief of staff, it was just like, you know, guns blazing, man. I felt like I was like, I could like book a room at the White House on bookings.com or something like that. I'll be there for a. Uh, Please have the kosher meal ready for me, and uh, I'll take the East Wing, please. You know, like, I, I felt real uh, involvement in, in the American system, and I didn't even think I would ever get access to anything ever. You know, I always, like, looked at the presidency as, like, the, the ultimate, like, um, you know, like, how famous people act. They, they don't want to give you too much of your time because they still want you to think about the, oh, you know, I got... I was supposed to have five minutes, but really I got three minutes. So now I'm going to think about him extra for two minutes. And that's kind of like what every White House did prior to Trump. But Trump like really engaged everybody. There's a couple things that Trump could do to win my support back. Let's focus on that. One, Truth Social is cool, but really he needs to come back to Twitter. The conversation is on Twitter. The global conversation is on Twitter. And the media wants to shut him down on every single outlet. And Elon Musk, for all of his problems, is actually offering the guy his Twitter account back. Trump needs to engage these 113 million followers that he has on Twitter. Failure to get onto Twitter is a big red flag in my eyes because it's a clear as day, obvious opportunity. Maybe it's because he took the vaccine. I don't know. Maybe it's clogging his judgment. But like coming back on Twitter and ditching Truth Social is the obvious way First of all, to piss off everybody on the left and have nobody ever stop talking to, about you as long as they live. Just get on Twitter and the whole thing will work itself out. That's one way I see Trump winning back my support. It's not a big thing that he has to do, like come out against the vaccines or anything like that. But just like a little bit of hubris, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that he was silenced. It's great that we have truth social in case something like that ever happens again. But Truth Social isn't the leader, it's the backup plan. And he's got to get with that.
and he's got to quit thinking about being Mark Zuckerberg rich and he's got to start thinking about how to engage the people again like he used to. And and that especially especially since Twitter is such a different place with Elon Musk exactly. uh, at the at the helm. I mean, it's it's an entirely different landscape now where you really can say things that you couldn't say otherwise. Uh, I, I completely agree. Trump should be back on Twitter. Uh, it would show, you know, it, it shows a little bit of hubris that he's not willing to do it and wants to push uh, Truth Social, but. I don't. I've. I don't. I don't know if I've ever been on Truth Social, if not like linked there specifically to see a Trump, you know, post of some sort. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I. I agree. Not even. It's not even about like I want Trump back on Twitter. Like to me, it's not anything to do with like whether I support him. It's just like that's the smart move. Yeah. He should be back on Twitter, especially especially with the new uh, Instagram Twitter version, the Threads or whatever. Like. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are supposedly moving away from Twitter and onto that platform. So it would give uh, Twitter sort of a shot in the arm. It would be a, a great defensive move against this new, the new friendlier, you know, no it's free speech Zuckerberg Twitter. Anyway, threads is Zuckerberg. So it's like if t- Trump came back to Twitter, it would only serve to harm Zuckerberg. Who, of course, was like one of the main organi- organizers behind the theft of the election in exactly. 2020. So, exactly. yeah, now Trump, you completely, yeah. you completely get it. And I'm trying to get every influencer to start talking about this because it's like, if enough of us are talking about it, I was talking to Laura Loomer about it, and she got on board, and she's now posting tweets about him getting back on Twitter, and like everybody needs to reengage him. He's got the worst team ever, and. Another thing that makes me wonder if Trump is a psyop, which makes me wonder if I'm, I should be on the Trump train or not, is this dude was the apprentice for, what, 10 years? We were like bombarded with images of, in our head of him being the ultimate boss, hiring the best people, firing the worst people. And in the end, he hired all the worst people and fired all the best people. I don't think he realizes how much he is uh, advancing Laura Loomer's career by running for president. She's like, like every single day she's crushing him. Like I look at her Twitter feed and it's just like day after day. Oh, Ron DeSantis did this corrupt thing and Ron DeSantis did that corrupt thing. And, but you know, it, it really makes me ask questions, Harrison. Yeah, but nothing gets me more than the Devin Nunez hire at, at, at truth social. I mean, Devin Nunez was working to exonerate everyone. I was named in the Mueller investigation with Elliot Broidy. I mean, I had the heat of, 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 of Mueller on me for a hot second. And people like Ken Vogel calling me nonstop, trying to get me to uh, spill the beans or whatever. But, the, the, but like all he had to do, like we wouldn't be in any... If Devin Nunez was still in the house, there would never have been... This uh, this FBI thing going on right now. There would have been too much pressure against the Russia hoax. It's like Trump kiboshed all of his own research. And another thing is he didn't even launch an investigation while he was president in the White House. He could have easily launched an investigation on people investigating him, but he didn't do that. He didn't even, you know, he, he went out into the media and he made stupid comments all day. And they were stupid comments. They were like, like, Comments just made to engage the people who are hating you. Harrison, I'm sure you understand this. You're in the space. It's like a, 
if you got people in your in, in your comments and your DMs blowing you up because they don't like what you say, do you engage them? No. If you just ignore them, they go away. And then the positive message comes through of whatever Harrison Smith is going to say at that at that moment. And the same with Trump. Trump, he like constantly engages with like every single person at CNN. By the way, have you ever spent time at like any of his clubs? Have you ever been to any of his clubs? No. So I spent a significant amount of time at Bedminster. And I'll tell you something. Every single TV only plays CNN. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like I would expect that. But, but again, it's, it's yeah. uh, you know, it, that, but that's what, that's how Trump got to where he is by engaging and defeating his haters. So, you know, I, I again, I sort of uh, have a hard time criticizing him when he, you know, used that strategy to b- become president in the first place. But again, it, you know, it's not even about Trump. It's about the, the swamp and how, right. you know, even the people that seem really good and, and we've have fallen for it over and over. He'll appoint somebody and, and everybody sees this guy being appointed and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, finally, we'll, we have somebody good in this position. And then it turns out it's like Bill Barr and he's just like exactly. as bad, if not worse than everybody then, else. Okay. Let's Let's focus on Bill Barr. I don't know if you saw this episode that I did, but since I did this episode, like all these people started doing episodes about it. I had a student from Dalton on with Christy Lee and Joel Bauman, and we had one of Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Barr's students on the show. So, like the Donald Barr, Bill Barr thing, and Bill Barr being in uh, Donald Barr being OSS, Bill Barr being CIA, and George Bush's Attorney General. Like, how could you make such a dumb move of hiring George Bush's attorney general and say you're going to drain the swamp? Come on, dude. How am I supposed to get behind that and say that he's really the there's like the allure of Trump and we love him. He's funny. He's engaging. He's he's rich and exciting and everything. But then he does the dumbest things possible sometimes like that. And And it's like. And it makes me wonder, like, there's a certain moment where it's like the scales of justice. On one side, you have love for Trump and the movement and whatever, the social, the community. And on the other side, you have, like, awakening up in the 3D matrix. And you're like, which one is it? And, I'd sa- and I'm, like, balancing this. I'm literally, I play this, this game every single day where I'm balancing. Do I like Trump today? I don't know. I love Trump. I, I have the fondest memories of him. Oh, my God. Remember when he said this? Remember when he said that? But he did do the Devin Nunez thing. He d- continues to make mistakes left and right. Like, like either Trump is sovereign and sometimes a village idiot, or he is the deepest deep state that there is, and he's playing us all to keep... He is the controlled opposition for some handler that nobody will ever know about. And 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 that's what I and that's my internal debate. Maybe you can help cl- help rectify it. I, I'm I'm all ears. I want to be back on the train. Don't get me wrong. They were some of the best well, times of my life on that train. <laughs> well, again, I think uh, it's it's more about the uh, true depth of corruption that exists in Washington D.C. And you know, J- uh, Trump can't solve everything as president, especially when he's got the FBI and the CIA backstabbing him quite openly uh you know in f- just in front of everybody like uh, ignoring his his demands and i mean acting like they're uh, virtuous for doing things that are completely contrary to the demands of the duly elected president uh 
it's really incumbent on us to elect backup for him into office and i think we've sort of failed on that obviously the election the election was stolen but yeah if he had backup if he had good people in congress who could help him get through his stuff i mean we controlled uh, congress and the senate for the first two years that he was president they got nothing done that was because trump wasn't trying to do things it was because he didn't have any backup so again how you can uh blame trump for that I, I don't see the the reasoning there. It's he's just one guy, and he's trying to fight against the entire established decade long uh, complete control that the deep yeah. state has had on on the entire political landscape. So, you know, you can't blame him uh, really for that. And if you listen to especially like his rally in Vegas or any of his recent rallies or any of his recent you know video uh, statements that he's put out where he's talking about his new policies and what he's going to do once he's president. It's a, it's just a checklist of everything that I want. It's a checklist of uh, going to war with the cartels and stopping the genital mutilation of children. And I mean, he is going hardcore on everything. And I hope that he's just learned his lesson because, you know, there was also an aspect of him that was like, you know, people get mad that he didn't, uh, you know, throw Hillary Clinton in jail. Well, he never promised to throw Hillary Clinton in jail. He said, if I was president while you did that, you'd be in jail. In other words, you know, you got I away with the crime that was, I wouldn't I let you get away with. He didn't assume that the left would be as vicious as he wasn't as vicious as the left. So no, he wanted, he I, I wanted to play was, the game. I think he was trying to like cause peace, but if he locked her up, it would have been all out brawls in the streets. I mean, the Democrat riots of 2020 would have been 2016 to 2020. Had he done that? And yeah, so so hopefully this time he realizes that like there's no playing with kid gloves. There's no like giving amnesty to your enemies. Like once you have that power, you have to use it with everything you've got to destroy your enemies in the political sphere uh, because they're not going to play nice with you. Yeah, I think he was under a little bit of, of the illusion of, OK, now that I'm president, they have to work with me. We have to work together to get these things done. I'll have this time to do it. And what he found was that they just launched investigation after investigation. like i bet if you go back in time or if you ask trump you know looking back what would you do differently i bet he'd do everything different i bet this time you know instead of going hey i'm gonna let them investigate me like people are still calling him a russian agent so like why why let them do that why not just shut that down and they'll complain let them complain arrest the criminals they'll riot let them riot arrest the rioters like it's you've got to have an iron fist with these people because you give them an inch and they take it a mile and they will undermine and destroy your entire presidency for the sake of america you have to not uh play the game of politics you have to break that game flip the board over and uh set it up the way you want it to from then on out i mean that's that's the way it's got to be done i think he's learned that lesson i think he from the statements he's made is a lot more serious about a lot of these things now mm-hmm. uh in terms of you know building the wall anything like that just just do it let them complain about it let them cry about it just do it anyway hopefully he's learned that lesson and it, it seems like from his recent statements he at least is is on that is on that path and uh i i have faith i mean again the dude is uncontrolled there's a reason that the left and the right hate him because it's the establishment that hates him it's not a left-right paradigm it's a american people versus the entrenched established controlled op uh, deep state i definitely don't think trump is controlled opposition in the slightest i think he uh, is not perfect in a lot of ways but he is he's the hero that we need maybe not the one that we want so you know i don't know there is no better option clearly ron DeSantis is just a uh, he, i mean he's 
a Bush family protege, basically. So yeah. unless you want the Bushes the back in charge, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, like really, this guy, this guy is is, yeah. is the number one after Trump. Like, no, 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 it's Trump and nobody else. It's it's got to be. That's just the way that it is. And I think as we get closer and closer to twenty twenty four, more and more people will recognize that and again uh, give give Trump the support he deserves and and has earned since he has sacrificed his entire you know livelihood his his uh not anonymity but you know he was he was living a, a very good life before he ran for president and is now like the most hated man on earth so you know you there's no way that he was willing to do that for some you know deep state operation like it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense either but you know like i have to be in my war game scenario in my head so honest to myself that I ask myself the questions that I don't want to ask myself. Because, like I said, repetitively, I want to be on the Trump train. I want to feel the like enthusiasm that I felt in 2016. Something that you said, um, the official theme song of the campaign in 2016 was, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need. And he's got to bring that back. You know, he he has to become 2015 again. Not 2016. He has to become 2015. And I want to get your take on something because I, I've been toting around this idea. There's Trump and then there's our movement. Trump only has four years left of president. Let's say he becomes president. That doesn't... That doesn't... It's not the end-all, be-all of our movement of, 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 of true freedom, less government... Uh, independent sovereignty and liter uh, and liberty for all people. The America First, the true America First constitutionalist agenda. One of the opportunity, I feel like we're missing a huge opportunity here. And if you go to 2016, I think one of the best things that we had going for 2016, which helped us win the House and Senate, also is we had so many people running for president. We had 17 candidates. So that primary was gloves off bloodbath. And, and I feel like it was incredibly good for our movement. It allows us to see who's really with us and who's not really with us. And then it allows new names to come to, to, to that never were even spoken of before. I didn't know about Vivek Ramaswamy until he ran for president. Not entirely sure I trust that guy either. Now knowing that like he's either like an immigrant or he's not. I don't know how he can even run for president because he won like this immigrant award from George Soros. You know about that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, but I do think that we're missing this huge, huge opportunity because it's all like Trump, DeSantis, Trump, DeSantis, Trump, DeSantis. And I kind of think like that's a psyop. Like how can we get it so that all the bunch of people aren't going to rush to run for president and become famous overnight? Because running for president means you're famous now nationally. Wherever you go, everyone knows you. So, like, we have what? Trump, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, right? And Ramaswamy is now overtaking DeSantis in the polls, which is mind-blowing to me after the hundreds of millions of dollars that DeSantis is spending. Just goes to show you how worthless DeSantis and the Republican establishment actually is. They're all trying to change all the rules of all the elections just to make it so that the almost uh, half a billion dollars that they spend is actually worth something. So they got to cheat legally. But 
Imagine if there were 17 Ramaswamis right now. And then people are talking, Harrison Smith is running for president. Adam King is running for president. And Alex Jones for president. And everybody's talking, 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 talking. And then all of a sudden, who who is on the other side? RFK Jr., we love him. But everybody else, we're just drowning out their, their noise with with like massive cavalry. You know what I'm saying? And so And so that's the only thing I think is missing from this election. And we don't have to hate each other. We don't have to sit there and make fun of each other like... We could support President Trump and talk about the, the hot issues. We could support Vivek Ramaswamy and talk about his George Soros situation. But we need more people to run for president. And that's and I want to want your take on it. I know there's a lot of people in the Republican movement who are saying everybody must drop out and everybody must support Donald Trump right now. And it's like pre-primary. And it's like, where did debate go? Where did where did the the that necessary like in Hebrew, they call it lariv rivam, like that, that, like that, struggling and quarreling with each other to, 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 like to, to, to beat the steel when it's hot to make it like hardened and and really secure. We don't have any any pri- primary game. Our whole game is just everybody bail on everybody else and support Trump. And I and that to me sounds like a psyop. That is like you know take the vaccine or lose your job type of a comment. Yeah, I just think uh, it's a a unique situation. I think that uh, everybody should drop out and support Trump. Honestly, that was the thing I said about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is like, you know, I I like a lot of stuff that he says, but if he was really, you know, such a great guy, why is he not supporting Trump? Like that's that's what needs to happen right now, because, I mean, we got robbed of of Trump in uh, 2020. Think of 2028. If Vivek Ramaswamy doesn't run now. Nobody's going to know him in 2028. Yeah, I think him running is is a strategic thing. I think he knows he doesn't have a, a chance, but you know he'll maybe parlay that into a position in the Trump cabinet or something. I th- I think he's a smart guy, and I, and I like that he is so informed about CBDCs. And I mean, every time you hear that guy talk, he's he's right on the money. He sounds like an Infowars host. Like he he really is. Um, yeah, he, he really is good. So I like him a lot. But at the same time, uh, Trump has the name. He has the power. He has, I mean, look at the rallies, the tens of thousands of people going. He has a popularity that's unparalleled. He has the celebrity and the money and everything it takes. I mean, he's the only one that could have, as far as I can see it, gotten to the presidency in the first place, which he did, and, and proved that he not only could become president, but could be an extremely successful president in almost every metric you could measure. He blew his competition out of the water. So, you know, you're not going to put somebody forward and say, well, you know, let's try this guy out. It's like we have Trump. We know he can do it. We know he uh, has – well just absolutely fight for America on the international front, on the national front. He is, uh, you know, again, all of the things that he's putting forward now when it comes to all the hot button issues from immigration to abortion to uh, transgender kids, he is right on the money and going very, very hard against the left in all of these things. And hopefully he's learned his lesson from, you know, trying to play with the swamp and has, you know, hopefully he's learned that he needs to just destroy the swamp. But again, I don't want to see a bunch of people running against Trump. I want to see a bunch of people running for Congress and Senate on the vote for me and I will work with Trump to get his his agenda across platform. I mean, I think that's what we need more of. We need a lot more yeah. people coming into office specifically on the MAGA uh, ticket, not the Republican ticket or the 
Democratic ticket, but saying I'm for make America great again. I'm for opposing the system, opposing the World Economic Forum, uh, get elected on those yeah. policies and you know you can really change the world. I think uh, there's not a better option than Trump out there. There's not going to be a better option than Trump. And unless Trump gets assassinated or something, he is the choice that everybody else needs to you know fall in behind. There is, you know, I, I get the appeal of sort of having, you know, steel sharpen steel and, uh, you know, the, the more you can contend with one another, you end up with a better outcome at the end of the day. I totally get that. At the same time, if this is an information war, if this it really is a new fangled version of war that we're fighting here, uh, then Trump's the commander. He's the general. He is the, the guy who leads the troops and armies don't win by f- fractionalization and everybody, you know, picking who they want to be the best leader. It's like we have the leader. The leader Leader is the general. You follow his orders. You do as he says, and uh, your army lives and dies on um, you know his ability. And that's just the way that it is. I mean, that's just the way war There's works. A lot of and that did what he said, and they went off and got vaccinated and had sudden adult death syndrome. So there's also that. Well, yeah, the, there is that again. I I I don't blame Trump for that, and I also think that again, you got to be you got to be awake and aware of the full spectrum game that's being played. Yeah. And again, I, I do I, think internationally that it would. I, we have suffered so much internationally under under the Biden pedo pedo regime, but you know, just Trump coming back to office would inspire the hearts of all the humanity in the world. Whether he's a psyop from America or not, the rest of the world will look to him as president a second term as some sort of security for the earth that everything is going to be okay, especially when it comes to the war in Ukraine. So don't get and me again, wrong. And I, again, I see if the you, benefit of a Trump president, second-term Trump presidency. I see the benefit of it, but I'm also nervous because, and and I, and it, honestly, it was never until the vaccine that I started getting a little bit uh, discombobulated from him. But like I said, there's many things he could do to win back a lot of support. I think day one on Twitter. Fifteen percent of the people who have lost interest in Trump are going to start gaining more interest in Trump again. That's that's the ground game. Like when you're running for president, you got to knock on doors. That means going to Twitter. For him, mm-hmm. going to Twitter is the end all be all of his entire campaign, and and the whole thing will be over if he goes. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure he. I'm sure he is thinking strategically about that because, again, it's one of the things where once you go back on Twitter, then you're back on Twitter. So, he, you know, w- when he decides to play that card is entirely up to him. I'm sh- I imagine he'll play it before 2024 really you're starts uh, ki- sure kicking into high gear. He's going to get back on Twitter for sure. It's just a matter of when. I think it would be a major strategic blunder to completely ignore Twitter from here on. I mean, he was the biggest Twitter account ever. He could uh, dominate the news headlines every single day by what he yeah. tweeted out. I can't imagine that he uh, doesn't miss that in, in some way. I, I thought the the way he should have come back would have just been because Ron DeSantis announced his presidency on Spaces, right? And if you are on Spaces, if you're listening into the space, your icon pops up. That would have been the best time to do it. You wouldn't have to say anything. You wouldn't have to tweet anything out. Donald Trump comes back onto Twitter. His his little icon popping up going, oh – Trump's in the room. Trump is listening to us. I mean, that would have that would have been the headline over the DeSantis, um, you know, presidential announcement. That would have been a great time for him to come back. Maybe something like that. Some some big event uh, on spaces where he can just be there and just his presence alone will be a major story and uh, would would cause a lot of uh, 
interest there. I, I bet he's logged in. I bet he's been on Twitter since he got it back. He just hasn't said anything or liked or, or you know shared anything yet. But uh, he really should. And of course, it's not just about him being on Twitter. By him being on Twitter, he then can give power to everybody else. You know, exactly. it was we wouldn't it, need, it, we because wouldn't need to run for president or have other people. He would just say, "Okay, this guy's cool. That guy's cool." This guy's cool. As soon as he starts retweeting people, people are going to get famous again, and then we're going to conquer the left. It's a it's a massive tidal wave. It's what you're right. Yep. It's no, way I, de- bigger I definitely that. he definitely needs to be on Twitter. And you know what? It, how it used to go, and uh, this happened to Savannah Hernandez a couple times. It never happened to me because whenever Trump would retweet my stuff, it would be like something that somebody else uploaded. Uh, but still, you know, I, I would make a video. I would I would upload it to Bandot Video or, or my Twitter. You know, Dan Scavino, or so somebody else would take it down, upload it on their Twitter. Trump would retweet it. Suddenly, the video I made is getting a hundred million views. I mean, that's that's real power. That really is yeah. a, an ability to uh, to to bring attention to people that otherwise wouldn't have it. The the problem was that it used to be that if he retweeted you, you would get your account deleted. But that's not the case anymore because it's Elon Musk running things. So exactly. it's not. That was like the danger. Was like, oh, I got a Trump retweet. Hooray! But I'm probably about to lose my account. And that's what happened to Savannah Hernandez a bunch. It never happened to me because, again, he, he did retweet some of my videos, but only after they'd been uploaded by somebody else. So I sort of had the, the cover of anonymity. That never happened to me. But we wouldn't have to have that fear anymore. So, yes, for no if for no other reason to get on Twitter, Trump should get on specifically to use that power to uplift all these other uh, right-wing activists that are, are not getting the attention they deserve. I um I always had a Twitter account and I never really went on it so I have like no followers so I want to direct all my viewers right down here to go to my Twitter handle and uh and get on my Twitter. You're on Twitter? I know you're on Instagram. I follow you on Instagram. I am. I'm on the, our Instagram is kind of new, uh but yeah, we're on all all the social medias now, TikTok and Instagram and um YouTube. You can go to American Journal YouTube. I got kicked I I'm in suspension on TikTok. I can't get any... I don't understand how you could be on TikTok. They, they're letting you be on TikTok? You know, I've had like five community strikes, but I'm still on there. Um, they, they do... Man. They take down a lot of my videos, but none of, Instagram hasn't taken down any of our videos. So No, Instagram uh, has been great. Yeah, it's all either... My, my account is either Harrison H. Smith or Harrison Hill Smith on all of those platforms. You can go to AmericanJournal.info, and it has all the social media links um, down at the bottom. So... AmericanJournal.info is that website. AmericanJournal.info. You could share anything on Instagram. They're just going to shadow ban you, so nobody will see it. <laughs> well, we've had, we've had a lot of success. I, I never really did anything with my Instagram. For a while, I was posting memes, but I... I just don't. I don't like Instagram. I don't know how to use it. I don't get it really. Um, I just. I just checked Instagram DMs for the first time ever, and I just have like thousands of DMs that I'm never going to respond to. I'm sure. Uh, so I don't really. I'm always tagging you and stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah. See, I, I don't even know how. I don't know how any of Instagram works. I really like Twitter. Twitter is just. It's. It's UI is really great, and everything about Twitter is. I know how to use it, and it's very nice. But we decided to start posting little, little short reels to Instagram. Uh, yeah a month maybe two months ago and like four or five of them have over a million views at this point so uh we are we are really having a lot of success and and now i think i have more instagram followers than i do twitter followers so that's That's sort of strange and bizarre but um we're going to keep it up and keep keep posting videos too until they kick us off Uh, but uh yeah it's been successful stuff goes down on instagram i'm telling you interesting the best pedo videos 
there's a guy who I work with a lot called Based.Latin, and he's crushing it. We've been covering a couple exposés, one of which is on Dust Magazine, which is like a secret pedo magazine that we've, we've uncovered, which is really cool. And they actually have their own Instagram account. And they post like these pedo pictures on their Instagram account, and they have no problem with it. It's really bizarre. Dust Magazine. And you know who's on the cover all the time is Maureen Abramovich, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, another thing I want to cover on the Trump thing, you know, I, this is a really great conversation. First of all, I get to have it with Harrison Smith. Second of all, I rarely talk about Trump on my show. I'm always covering something else. Rarely do I get to go so deep into Trumplandia. Like I, and, and, so, and it's fun because I love these topics. But um, I want to pivot just slightly, and I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here. How much time do you got today for me? Uh, only a few more minutes. I'm doing a, a pre-recorded interview with a with a special guest who will be will will air it tomorrow. But um, I don't have I don't have infinite time. Oh, I know who the guest is. The crew is telling me who the guest is. As if I as if I don't know. It's, it's Ed Dowd. It's Ed Dowd. I'll just I'll just tell you. Well, uh, so we're gonna do a pre-record with Ed Dowd um, after cool. this. So. I don't have infinite time, but yeah, sure, another 15 minutes or so is well, fine. Well, I wanted to talk about the World Economic Forum a little bit and touch on what you think Trump can do now to kind of distance himself from the World Economic Forum because he doesn't really do that so much. And that mm. is the number that I call the World Economic Forum the rise of the Fourth Reich. While the left was blanket calling everyone they hate a Nazi, the actual Nazis came back funded the Azovs and all these other Nazi organizations, like the Socialist Democratic Workers' Party of Germany-type Nazis, these World Economic Forum people, the ones who escaped Nuremberg. And uh, I want to see Trump do a little bit more to, you know, on the branding of, of the World Economic Forum and uh, whether he wants to call them Nazis or not, but they are the culprit of the world. It's very clear that the removal of the World Economic Forum would bring peace to the world at this point. So I wanted to get your take on that. As we uh, slowly wrap up the segment, about what what Trump can do to to fight yeah, the like WEF. Some of your thoughts about Trump and the WEF, and I know Ivanka's really deep in WEF land, and you know why is it that Trump doesn't come so hard against them, and what could he do to come hard against them? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that again, tr you know, Trump has a has a vision of America as, as being the leader in all this. And, you know, he, he has to recognize that so much of this stuff is coordinated and organized and carried out through the world economic forum. I, sh I do think he should um, invoke them uh, more often. They don't like being talked about. He should talk about them more at the same time, you know, his, his, perspective of the world, like we can come out and talk about BlackRock all, all we want, Vanguard, all these things. It, you know, expose them and talk about them. To him, he's like, okay, if I'm president of this country and this country, one of the main, you know, financial operators in this entire country is BlackRock, he's like, I don't want BlackRock to be destroyed. That's destroying America. He, so he has a, a different sort of nuanced view of it. I think he, I think what needs to happen is people need to understand that what's happening to them, things that are affecting them in their lives, things like not being able to own cars anymore. I mean, that is definitely coming. There's no doubt about it. This is not speculation. Car companies have already like canceled their plans for gasoline cars to be built in 20, 
2025 and 2026. So there's not going to be gasoline cars anymore, meaning there's only going to be electric. There's not enough electric, you know, uh, there's not enough creation of electricity to power all electric vehicles. So that means not everybody's going to own a vehicle. So they're getting rid of, of private vehicle ownership. That affects people in their everyday lives. And people need to realize that all of these things that are happening to them are not disseparate. They're all part of the same program that's being pushed by the same people in the World Economic Forum and other organizations, the Bilderberg Group, uh, Davos, which is the World Economic Forum, but the you know Council on Foreign Relations, the uh, the you know, Rome, uh, Council of Rome, like all of these things, the uh, strategy they use is so incredibly simple. And I know everybody probably watching this is familiar with problem, reaction, solution. The real thing to understand that is that the problem is not a problem. It's something that has been created. The World Economic Forum uses crises that they themselves create. So he really does have to go hard against them and do it in a way that uh, provides an alternative to that because the other th- thing that is is a stumbling block to us is that we are in a brave new world whether we like it or not the technology that's available now the tactics being used geopolitically where china is sending tens of thousands of uh, people across our southern border as refugees like this is you almost can't just revert back to the way things were before. Like we'll, we'll never be 1950s again. So we don't need to go back anywhere. We don't need to revert anything. We need to move forward and have a positive vision of the future where your rights are guaranteed, your freedoms are guaranteed, but also the technology that we now have available is being used in favor of us and for us and to uh, progress us and our people and the United States of America and the freedoms that we believe not exclusively being used by the World Economic Forum for for total control. Like not all of the technology that the World Economic Forum promotes is intrinsically bad. It's being used by bad actors for bad purposes. Uh, but we can we can have everything. We don't have to go back to 1950s. You don't have to get rid of all this technology. Right. We just have to have uh, enough human energy working towards the future in a positive way and that's what trump needs to needs to set up he needs to either set up a an alternative to the world economic forum that's like actually freedom loving uh, but at the very least he needs to use his platform to illustrate to people how everything from the climate crisis to the refugee crisis to the mental health crisis to the uh, died suddenly crisis like it it's it's all i mean the, the wef is the font for all of this it is right. the source of all of these problems that then they use to further extend their tyrannical grasp on humanity itself. So he does need to come out strong against that. At the same time, you know, the the, the petrodollar is going away. And if the petrodollar goes, and this was Trump's plan the entire time, was to set up to bring back manufacturing to America, because if America doesn't produce anything, then our wealth is entirely dependent on the strength of the dollar, and the strength of the dollar is entirely dependent on our uh, military capabilities around the world. So Trump understood that and was balancing both of those things, creating, you know, bringing back manufacturing, creating re- real wealth here, while simultaneously maintaining our military our military superiority that keeps the dollar as the reserve currency. So he understood all of that and was was making great strides in it. Uh, I do think he needs to go against the World Economic Forum very stridently, but in a smart way that doesn't just make him sound like a 
conspiracy theorist, but rather as somebody who is charting a different path that can do all the things the World Economic Forum wants to do in terms of saving humanity, but do it in a way that actually saves humanity, doesn't just co-opt that instinct for their own nefarious gain. Uh, how Trump does that, I'm not sure, but uh, that would be a, another thing that hopefully he'll get right by the time the presidential campaign really kicks off in 24. I really liked what you said about technology. It reminds me of the gun control argument. Guns don't kill people, people kill people, and they use the guns. And the same thing is true with the technology. The technology is inherent. It's how the people use the technology and, and what it could, if, if it could be used for good or evil. So I, I really uh, resonate with that comment there. Um, as we're running out of time, I wanted to talk about the... I'm not even going to get in, be able to get into it. The uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, Caviezel interview where he talked about watching child porn in order to make his film. That was a little bit weird. But did you get a chance to see The Sound of Freedom? Uh, no, I, I haven't seen Sound of Freedom. I, I, saw, I saw something about that, but basically just what you said is, is all I know about the, uh, the interview with, with Jordan Peterson. I, I like that. It's getting a lot of attention. I have a lot of people like calling in and like, you know, adding me on Twitter, being like, "Why are you talking about Sound of Freedom?" I haven't seen it. I, I you know, I I'm not about the. It's, it's a movie. It's a, it's a Hollywood movie. It's like, see this movie or die. It's like <laughs> the 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 amount of like guilt that like I've gotten because I've been so busy. It's not like I'm not doing anything. You know, I I don't ever go to a movie theater. You know, like why can't I wait for it to come out on uh, on film? But but um, well, and, I saw and, that and, on uh, Owen Benjamin. Owen Benjamin is like busting this guy up right now. Well, Owen Benjamin is a uh, is a is a dumb person that you should never listen to. So uh, that he's he's one of the uh, he's one of the two he's one of the two people that I uh, do not Who's associate with on the right. Who's the other one? Who's the other one? What's the, what's that guy's name? You know who it is. Uh, what's his name? Nick um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I like no no. I, I like it. Yeah, I like Nick Fuentes. Um, no, it's uh, the guy who, from Revolver. Nick Fuentes to try to debate me. Dar uh, Darren Beatty. Oh, Darren uh, Beatty. Yeah, Darren Beatty wrote a wrote a hit piece on Stuart Rhodes that uh, really screwed him over. That was uh, totally unfounded and unfair, and he's never apologized for it. So, if he wants to apologize for that, you know, we can I, I can drop it. But yeah, Darren Beatty and Owen Benjamin are the only two people on the right that uh, I have personal experience with that uh, I will not I will not not stand for. But um, all sorts no, of people I, I, rub each other the wrong way. The goal is to that we all cross the finish line, have our freedom. And then Gazunta, hey, you go off and I go off, and like Abraham and Lot, like the land isn't big enough for the both of us. You go this way, I'll go this way. You go that way, I'll go this way. You know, like, uh, but I, I get it. Those, the, that's pretty good though, actually, to only have two people that you don't like in the in the whole movement. I think you're winning. Here. Well, it's it's not even that I don't like it. Like, you know, Darren Beatty does does good work a lot of the time, but uh, you know, you can't you can't be proven wrong so horrifically and uh have done so much damage to a really good person in the movement Stuart Rhodes who yeah. doesn't deserve anything that's been done to him uh and yet you know you you want you want to talk about infighting it's like imagine being Stuart Rhodes and uh being up against 18 years in prison for doing nothing at all for just trying to fight for the American right and use your first amendment to uh, correct the path of America before we go beyond some uh, Irre irreversible, you know, barrier, you know, beyond which freedom is impossible. Just, you know, imagine fighting 
for all you've got for these people. And then suddenly everybody turns your back on you and, and calls you a fed, uh, because of an article that Darren Beatty wrote. So I, I think, I think, um, Stuart Rhodes deserves an apology from him and Stuart's my boy. So I'm not about to, uh, Hey, that's uh, a very with, fair with Jaren Beatty. That's a very fair thing to ask for. A- an apology is the least that can that that can be done there with Darren Beatty. But what do you think about Fuentes debating me? Because I know you're friends with him. What about a Fuentes King debate hosted by moderated by Harrison Smith? What do you think about that? That might break the internet <laughs> for a day. Uh, I'd I'd be happy to do it. I don't know. He does. He does want to debate you. He doesn't want to. Debate. What would you debate about? I don't know, man. I mean, like it. Uh, there, there was a couple times where I tried to debate him, and he 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 skated the subject, didn't accept uh, the offer from you know I don't want to name people from Infowars, but there were people that reached out to him, and then the situation got out of control. I I I don't know. There's really nothing to debate about. I guess the Jewish thing, you know, he just doesn't want to let go of the Jewish thing, and and you know I'll tell you something. His Groiper army, they they really harass people. I mean, they, they got me kicked off Twitter. Twitter ended up reinstating me because they flooded my DMs. They're, they, like, harass me all the time. He's got, like, this army of harassers that think it's really funny to, like, uh, you know, some of them... I actually had to get... There was I, a situation. I actually had to get the police involved. You know, my police department in my town, I'm not going to mention it because the Groypers are going to watch this episode for sure, but I had to get my police involved because I had, like... My phone blew up. All these people blew up. I don't know how people got my phone number and whatnot, but I have to protect myself from swatting against these assholes, you know, because they they do this. They swat you. And what a swat is, is they call the swat. Oh, my neighbor has killed himself. And they run in the house knowing that you have a gun and you start shooting at the swat team and then they, they kill you. It's very dangerous. But thank God I live in a small town. My police department is really responsive but you know it's like i would it would be so easy for me to drop the fuentes thing if i didn't have like his his army of of dog groipers chasing me wherever i go you know like because i'm a jew i think i'm pretty american first but like for them it's like you know jews not allowed to be america first everybody but the jews with him so i guess that's what the debate would be about i'm sure on policy issues we would agree on a million things you know like individual freedom and America first and all that stuff, but uh, it would be nice to be able to like put the hatred aside for an entire group of people, you know, and just kind of like let each individual person be their own account. But uh, if it could happen, that'd be great. I'm gonna troll the hell out of him because they're trolling the hell out of me, and it's working on my on my ratings. Thank you, Nick Fuentes and your Gro- Groiper army for really increasing my viewership. I really, some of them are my biggest fans. <laughs> but that's funny yeah no i i uh i don't know i, I generally like uh nick and the groypers there, there was a little bit of uh drama a couple weeks ago because i can't remember why S- something happened somebody pulled up an old twitter oh well because i defended alex jones because uh nick was um making some comments about alex jones that i think uh, yeah. you got to respect alex jones even I even was, if you i know, was in on that he put me in those memes that he made that Mm. he had the meme with alex jones and that alex jones is hiring the mossad agent and you know the the thing with that is like he's got to know better because he's been around infowars a lot longer than i have and for him to say alex jones hired an idf agent just because i have a band video channel i mean like come on he has to know that alex isn't hiring anyone right now after sandy hook 
I mean, there's like, like for him to say that about me and go off on this whole thing and let me in on it and to attack Alex, most importantly, is you're absolutely right. Nobody should, Alex is hands off. People shouldn't be attacking Alex. He's Paul Revere, man. Well, he just he's just uh, paved the way and, and made it possible for a lot of people to do what they do. I'd say, in, including uh, Nick Fuentes. I don't think you have a Nick Fuentes without Alex Jones paving the way yeah. 20 years ago. So I just think, you know, just out of out of sheer respect for what the man has done, what he's been able to accomplish, and uh, how effective he's been at, at literally changing the course of political history for the rest of time. Like, yeah, I don't think Donald Trump gets elected without uh, Alex Jones' uh, support and you know, energizing that that meme energy uh, in 2016. So I just think you need to have respect for Alex Jones and for InfoWars and what we've been able to do. And yeah, I think uh, it's I mean, it's true that the the Groypers will uh, will turn on you pretty quick if uh, if they think you're you're being mean to, to Nick Fuentes. But uh, honestly, that's that's a, a, a loyalty and a tactic that's, you know, kept him very prominent and um the incel frog army cult of nick one the incel frog army court yeah i mean he you know he takes these these things that are supposed to be uh, derogatory like incel and then embraces them and sort of deprives them of their power which i think is uh, extremely clever I, i'm not i'm not a big fan of the incel uh, movement i get that it's ironic but i also think you know you i i want any followers of mine to be out there making making babies and getting married and and uh meeting meeting a nice young woman to uh enhance their life so i I think populating the earth with unvaccinated children (laughs) yeah yeah i think you need to uh i i I don't think you should be an incel i think you should uh celebrate companionship with uh the opposite sex but uh that being said you know it's a sort of sort of small potatoes at the end of the day he's uh an incredibly uh, persuasive and uh, charismatic person so you know he's i, I think he deserves all the uh, support that he that he gets i i definitely don't think that nick fuentes is co-opted by anybody or you know on anybody's payroll i think i think that's a nonsensical uh, accusation when it comes to nick and and i've been following him for for quite a while he just should know better with some of his outward attacks on alex jones that that's a no-go zone like especially the whole kanye west thing Alex spent a ton of money to be able to host the Kanye West thing. And, you know, Nick's was like, oh, Alex got the call. No, you were just being an asshole. You know, like, <laughs> like, come on. You're at the time he was like 23. Now he's 24. And he like thinks he's like commanding his, the, the entire movement, which is a little bit rude. But I'm going to pause on the Fuentes because you hit it on the head about supporting Alex Jones and supporting Infowars. And I do this on every show. I put up this QR code right here for all of our listeners, wherever you are on Bandot Video Rumble, in the entire world, wherever this is clipped. We want to send everybody to InfoWarsStore.com where they could get any of our unbelievable sales that we got on InfoWars Store. We got Harrison Smith with us promoting InfoWars Store. Harrison, what sale are you going for on InfoWars Store right now? Uh, you know, I'm a really big fan of the BrainForce Ultra because it's that liquid tincture. I, I like it more than the pills. It it really is 
powerful stuff. Turbo Force is also incredibly powerful. I, uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, I'm not a morning person, but I have to wake up bright and early every day to uh, do my show. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I, I appreciate it. I, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing, but I do need a little bit of uh, chemical help to wake me up in the morning. So Turbo Force is a fantastic way to do that. And I know there's, uh, I would be very tired all the time if it weren't for some of the products at InfoWarsStore.com. So I know whether whether it, you have trouble falling asleep or trouble waking up, there's something at InfoWars Store, down and out also. So it's like this, I, I really like the sleep aids and the uh, energy supplements. I need both of those to uh, to do my job and to be out here fighting the globalists on a daily basis. So and of course, you know, it's I just feel so blessed to even be a part of InfoWars and the InfoWars audience that keeps us on air, keeps Bandai Video going by going to InfoWars store. Really cannot say enough how much I appreciate you and how much I know our crew appreciates you as well because without you, we would all be God only knows where, certainly not where we are now. So it's it's just an honor and a, and a privilege to be doing this and that's all thanks to the InfoWarriors out there. So we don't you know, a lot of people are, my audience is the best, but our audience really is the best. They really are so committed to what we're all about, which is just America. It's just Americana. It's just 1776. It's not that crazy. It's not that out there. It has nothing to do with hate or with white supremacy, obviously, and anybody would know that if they'd actually watch InfoWars every once in a while. Uh, and that's what happens. People do. They watch InfoWars. They realize that this is, really is what it's all about. This is what will save the world, human liberty, and just the true expression of uh, what freedom has always meant to America. Uh, that's what it's all about. So thank you for keeping us on air and go to InfoWarsStore.com to uh, support us. You heard it first, everybody. Click this QR code right now. Go to InfoWarsStore.com. Buy something, buy anything. Go now and support the InfoWar. I like to say that go now like Alex does. Go now. You know, it really gets you fired up. Okay, I'm going to go buy something. <laughs> right now don't waste any time i think i'm gonna get the alexa pure water filter that's my next big purchase yeah the the water filter is good i i also really like the air filters those are awesome the um alexa pure breeze air filters uh you really make a, a tangible difference like you can you can tell that there's one running in a room uh and sometimes you walk in you go man it's so stuffy oh somebody turned off my alexa pure breeze darn it you turn it back on because uh you know, the, the air's stale without it. It keeps the air circulating and uh, filters out so much of it. And, you know, a lot of the PFAs that people absorb is through the air, you know, particulate in the air that you breathe in and get you with the estrogen mimickers and all that. I mean, I the electropure breeze I heard, cycles I all this. that out. I'll, I'll send it to you on uh, Instagram if I can find it again. There was this uh, study that was done about the micro nanoparticle plastic particles that are in the air and Every single week, we breathe in enough air to make two credit cards of plastic Ugh. in our lungs. And they, they go through this whole thing with the, with the planes dumping. And the, so, yeah, air filters must have, water filters must have, to, just to avoid the poison that they, that they constantly feed us. But um, I love InfoWarsStore.com, man. And I love being on Bandoff Video. It's like, honestly, I own a whole company and I'm... I don't get paid to do any of this. This is just out of the love of the revolution. And, you know, I got to I gotta thank you. It really started with you, Owen, and Alex. You know, I would sit here on the couch. I would watch it in the lab because I have a lab for my company. And, uh, you know, I have a huge TV and all my employees 
are required to sit in front of the TV while they work and, and watch InfoWars throughout the day. And in every room of my house is InfoWars. And so for me, you know, just to be a part of the fight, I, I pay for my web hosting. I pay for all my stuff. I'm not making money from this. I'm just here to, I'm the cavalry. You guys are out there every day on the live feed shooting, you know, shots at the World Economic Forum and all the evil people. And it's incumbent on people like me and people like other listeners out there. Go start a podcast. Go start a broadcast. Go interview people. Get in the streets. Go as let's be like Cory Booker and get up in everybody's face. You know, go find a Democrat and get up in their face on camera and content, content, content. So I want to thank you, Harrison Smith, because you're part of the reason why the Adam King show is, uh, is even here, let alone being so successful today, because we are being very successful. We are blowing up over here at the Adam King Show, and having you on is a is a sheer uh, indication of that. So I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I hope you come on many more times, and anytime you want to have a baby, you call me. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll wake <laughs> You'll cover for me. Early. You'll cover. You clarify. You'll cover. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Baby. Hey, Wednesday. I'm having a baby. Okay, I'll be there five thirty in the morning covering. You know, Owen has. Yeah, this clip. thank you very much. Owen has this clip where he's like, you know, our band video guest host. You don't understand. It's a way of life. I could give them thirty minutes notice, and they'll be. It is so true. Thirty minutes notice on Harrison's show is six five thirty in the morning for me. I'd crawl out of bed to be uh, to guest host your show at five thirty. Hundred percent correct. The the culture and the vibe we got going over here is. Is second to none in the world. It's 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 beyond history in the making. It's going to last for a thousand years. It's very exciting. Yeah, it it honestly makes it uh, very very easy to wake up in the morning knowing that you know I'm not just uh, spinning my wheels in some office job, but actually contributing to this this like sci-fi battle that we're having against the machines. It uh, it really is a blessing. So I uh, know I'm glad you, to hear you're having so much success. It's very very humbling, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll continue it into the future. And Infowars will never never die. Infowarsstore.com. Infowarsstore.com. Infowars forever. And Harrison, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm going to see you the next day. I'm going to see you the next day. About five minutes after I wake up plug on InfoWars and you see Harrison Smith right there. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun and uh, we're going to have to do it again sometime. Thank you very much. Yeah, anytime. This has been great. InfoWars, you stay classy. Peace out. Let's be like Cory Booker and get up in everybody's face. You know, go find a Democrat and get up in their face on camera and content, content, content.